If we write books with a deep sense of responsibility, believing that the book is written for our future selves to read in the next life, then perhaps there would be fewer falsehoods in the world. And if the knowledge created within human civilization was such that its creator could honestly answer why it was conceived, then the culture shaped by this knowledge would not lead humanity astray. This quote might be a bit lengthy, but it came about while I was reflecting. I was searching for the why behind my own actions, which became the starting point for writing my book. We are Buddhists, but if we don't aspire for Nirvana, how should we navigate our lives without going astray? Thanks to the 10th Galama Sutta left by the Buddha, which states, Do not believe even if I myself said it, according to the Dharma transmission of Phra Dharma Kosakarya or Buddha Dasa Bhikkhu. How do we build our knowledge if we don't aim for Nirvana? The aforementioned knowledge quote is from my own creation. This message was conceived from the decision to write a book for myself in this and future lives nearly 20 years ago. Given my current perspective that in this lifetime, I have no desire to teach anyone anymore. All I can do is write. I write books and leave them for my future self to read in the next life. But this act also serves as a form of merit for others. Don't let your subconscious mind dismiss this vital information before your mind and soul reject the existence of this truth. Hello everyone, we've reached chapter 9. This time I'd like to bring up something to discuss, something about ourselves. Specifically it's about self-reflection while reading the book that I've written. Usually, when I teach children and grandchildren who come to learn from me at the learning center, I pay attention to what they rusuk. I want to know how they rusuk and what they sing the rusuk. I believe that self-awareness is important because it allows us to better understand ourselves. When we are aware of our own sing thi rusuk, we can make decisions that are in line with our values. I ask them questions periodically to help them examine themselves so they can become aware of what they rusuk. By doing so, they can understand what they are sing the rusuk. Mm -hmm. We probably remember from the content we've read earlier. Uncle emphasizes that we need to recognize what we rusuk. Normally, children who are about to learn thinking skills with Uncle must go through learning physics with Uncle first. Uncle teaches physics in order to help them understand how to access the truth. Uncle doesn't teach physics knowledge, but Uncle teaches the method of creating knowledge, the method of acquiring physics knowledge. The difference between learning physics 1. Learning to acquire physics knowledge 2. Learning to access knowledge will vary greatly. The second approach might be a bit difficult at first, but if we try hard enough, we will be able to generate our own knowledge. It serves as a starting point for us to eventually become self-reliance and independence. The difference, when we consider modern physics, the framework of thinking that we start with is Newton's framework which serves as the foundation. In the first approach to learning, we come to know what Newton thought, and the purpose is for us to be able to think according to Newton, which Uncle simply refers to as doing it as. In this process, we take Newton's knowledge and use it as our data, and then we think accordingly, do it as. The measurement point is simply being able to solve problems. That's considered sufficient. Do it as. Knowledge rue thought kid we haven't reached the level of rusuk yet because we don't rusuk or sing the rusuk as newton rusuk a simple question newton felt the presence of the three laws related to force many years have passed since newton's passing 
How many people have reached the level where they sing the Rusuk as Newton Rusuk in these past centuries? We are stuck within the realm of knowledge left by Newton for us to think about. For individuals without experience in physics, reflect upon any teachings, Buddhist teachings, philosophical viewpoints or attitudes. Then consider whether we have received that knowledge just by kid or if we truly rusuk that it is true. If it's about the state of Dharma, we know, perceive and rusuk the state of Dharma. It is not just a matter of taking knowledge and thinking about it or of touching it with our mind and rusuk it. He Dharma is difficult because it is more subtle than the physics that Newton left behind. I leave this for my descendants who love to read Dharma books. In the second approach, we start by questioning why Newton was able to create that knowledge. We begin by asking what Newton rusuk and kid to rue until he get about his knowledge Newton's laws. Consider what happened, what environment made Newton's insights. This type of learning will allow us to start to experience what it is like to think before you act. Why did Newton think? We contemplate until we start to rusuk or kid that it is really like that. Some people who I teach are just enough to suggest a way to make a hypothetical event and then try to consider what they feel, then they will understand. But some people don't need to use another process. Provide Newton's knowledge, let him think kid until he rusuk it. The benchmark of this process is that we rusuk, that there is a real force, see the reality. We rusuk the three laws that Newton stated and got the process that enters into knowledge truth. The point of measuring just being able to take the test is not enough. You have to know the truth. Oh, so what does it mean to truly understand, leaving us in continuous doubt? The difference between the two processes is like this. But teaching the second process is a bit difficult at first because we have not used our minds for a long time. Uncle often compares our brains to a machine that has rusted. If we leave them unused for a long time, they will become difficult to use at first. But after a while it can run and the process starts to become fun, becoming master of one's thoughts. During the practice phase to become a master of thought, some may find it a bit difficult. Uncle often tells a fable for us to consider. The fable Uncle would tell is the story of the buffalo. Once upon a time, long ago, we had a buffalo. No one ever tethered it, never trained it before, no one watched it, so our buffalo would walk around. It would go wherever, stay wherever, never caring. Sometimes it would walk to its favorite places. Our buffalo would go to eat sometimes, casually wander around, but it also liked to wallow in mud puddles, soaking there for a long time. If we never observed the behavior of the buffalo, we wouldn't know where our buffalo went. One night, we dreamed that we were watching it, and we saw the behavior of the buffalo, knowing where the buffalo went. The place where the buffalo went, the buffalo went to lie down in the pond. We started to feel that this was bad. If the buffalo sank into the pond like this, what use could it be? Born to die in vain like this, the poor buffalo. If we don't want the buffalo to be like that, we must start training it. We must take the buffalo out of the mud puddle so that it can do something that we want it to do. But then we don't train it because we are lazy, want to sleep, don't want to wake up. We continue to sleep and the buffalo continues to lie submerged in the pond. This story continues like this for as long as possible. End of the story of the buffalo. When the story ends, uncle will ask who has ever raised a buffalo. The answer uncle hears doesn't surprise me at all. These days, finding someone who has raised a buffalo would be difficult. Even uncle myself was born and has never raised a buffalo. 
But uncle told us that even though we have never raised a buffalo, the sky is kind and gives us each a buffalo, not too many, not too few. Uncle myself has one buffalo. Our buffalo and our thoughts behave no differently. If we don't watch our minds and just sleep, we'll end up in the pond too. They will go astray. Our lives, our buffalo will go astray. We don't know where it takes us if we never train. A buffalo that is not trained, not ordered, is like our thoughts that are never used. But once we train the buffalo, it can do many things. It can be of great benefit. Thoughts must be trained because if not trained, they are like a buffalo. To train a buffalo, we must know why we are training it first. We must see the benefits of training before we can start training the buffalo. Training the buffalo is tiring and difficult. In the beginning, we have to constantly observe its behavior all the time. We must be vigilant and sometimes hit it so the buffalo knows what to do and what to think so it doesn't end up submerged in the mud all day. When the grandchildren come to learn with uncle at first, uncle must make them see the benefit of training the buffalo. So uncle has to use physics as a tool. Because we want to excel in physics, we want to be this or that for university entrance. So uncle uses physics as the starting point to train us. If uncle told parents or grandchildren who come to learn with me that uncle teaches the method of thinking, probably no one would come to learn with him because there's no tangible necessity for entrance exams. It's intangible, so uncle has to secretly teach this, complaining to us. Oh. Training our buffalo, we still have to be alert. Training our thoughts, we also must strongly warn ourselves. Not scold because scolding doesn't work. This warning must know first where the thoughts are asleep, where the buffalo is submerged. Yelling loudly can wake people up, but it cannot awaken sty that is asleep. The words used must go directly to where sti is asleep, so that the thoughts can consider whether it's true or not. That's the principle regarding training the buffalo. Try to consider, do we see our thoughts more clearly? How is the behavior of thoughts and the buffalo alike or different? Wished. Physics is something coarse, measurable, and easily perceivable. Consider it to see, to feel it's real, that's easy. Abstracts, moral values, mind, kyles are things that measuring tools cannot reach. They must be trained to know by oneself. When I teach physics, I only teach a few chapters. I teach these chapters to help my students develop a process for acquiring knowledge. Once they understand the concepts of Ru-Kid and Rusuk to make the understanding of truth easier. Once they understand the terms Ru, Kid, and Rusuk, they will begin to enter the study of thinking skills. Ah, now let's consider the situation that happens to oneself. The situations that occur with ourselves. Normally, after I've taught for a while, once I start to see that these situations happen to us, I will tell about the situation and let them listen to this story. Because as I have said, normally when something touches us, we Rusuk, the words that I convey, the various data that we receive, the books that we read, as we take it into our minds, we rusuk. But we don't analyze quickly enough the same data as we communicate. The mind of each person will perceive and interpret differently. It results in what we rusuk differs among individuals. What we rusuk differently depends on the mixing of our individual kyles. It manifests as what we rusuk. I have not delved into the details of why we rusuk this way. But I want us to consider, what do you rusuk when reading this eighth part? For those who have read through, try to look back and see, from what you've read up to this eighth part, how do you rusuk? Before we get to the main content of the book, Uncle would like to take a break and give us some background data. On my comparison of thoughts to buffaloes, 
In Thai culture, buffaloes are a symbol of the ability to use the brain and strength. However, they are also a symbol of stubbornness and intractability. By comparing thoughts to buffaloes, you are saying that thoughts can be a powerful force, but they can also be stubborn and lead us astray. Thoughts can be a powerful force because they can help us solve problems, come up with new ideas, and be creative. However, thoughts can also be stubborn and lead us astray. It is important to realize that thoughts are just thoughts. They do not define us. Practicing process one, kid, rusuk, and process two, rusuk, kid, ruk, can help us do this. When we become aware of our thoughts, we can choose not to identify with them. In an era flooded with vast volumes of information, it's more crucial than ever to possess the ability to discern truth from fiction. As streams of data surge around us like tumultuous waves in an endless sea, a lone individual amidst a deluge of scattered information is attempting to find their way. The ability to navigate these waters becomes paramount. Without the vital skill to separate genuine information from falsehoods, our life's trajectory can be severely affected. As beautifully articulated in the truth quote from the book, read before the meaning of your life is lesser on page 204. In an era overloaded with information and a plethora of news, if we cannot revive such a skill, how are we to distinguish what is true from what is false? Reviving the human skill of creating knowledge is paramount for people to maintain the essence of life. This allows us to independently discover what is true or false. It is imperative not to be dismissive. Don't let your subconscious mind cast aside this crucial knowledge before your very essence rejects the reality of our current predicament. Don't let your subconscious mind dismiss this vital information before your mind and soul reject the existence of this situation. Let us not forsake the opportunity to seek solutions to this pressing issue. Read before the meaning of your life is lesser.